This is the Very Finnish Problems podcast with Joel Willens. Find us at facebook.com slash veryfinnishproblems. For links to some of the things we discuss on the show and to learn how you can get new episodes directly to your smartphone, please visit veryfinnishproblems.com. Okay, hello, hello, hello. Here we are again. Very Finished Problems podcast number, I think it's 18. Typically at this moment, I ask Thomas, my co-host, normal co-host, what podcast it is. But today we have Joe. We have Joe today. Yeah, yeah. do you know what number it is? Uh, number 19. Is it 19? Pod- Wrong, number yeah, 18. Number 18. But it doesn't matter because we have a very special guest, Emmy Berlin. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Yeah. So normally <laughs> at this stage, I also often pr- pronounce people's names wrong. So, who is head of communications of Spinover. That's correct. And uh, we're today going to talk about problem number 79 in 101 Very Finished Problems. Once again, I've not, I've managed not to get a problem out of the sequel, More Very Finished Problems. Uh, when you need to wear 15 layers of clothing to stay warm. And the reason we're talking about that is because you have a very innovative product which helps people keep warm. So maybe you'd like to tell us a little bit about like what Spinova does and why it's fantastic. Okay. So Spinova is a uvascular-based company born out of the VTT, the Finnish uh-huh. Technical Research Centre. And it's based on the legacy of, of Finnish uh, pulp and paper research know-how. And it's an ecological textile fiber innovation. So we are the only company in the world that's able to convert paper-grade pulp into textile fiber without using any harmful chemicals. So that is very disruptive in the in the world. Cool. And so yeah. how does that relate to being warm? Um, the fiber is actually as warm as lamb wool. That was a surprise to us as well as the rest of the world. So it can replace lamb wool, for example, but also polyester, cotton, uh, viscose. We don't even know what. <laughs> Mag- it's a magic new material yeah. that can replace everything. So when you when you say you didn't know that it was as warm as lamb's wool, so how, what was that process then like? So basically, as you developed it, you learned more and more things about its properties. And so the process is like, it's been a lot. How long has the process been from sort of? Um, well... In practice, 10 years. Okay, so 10. the eureka moment of our, one of our founders and the innovator and the inventor of the method uh, came in 2009 uh, when he was listening a, in Oxford University to a spider silk professor. Oh, fantastic, uh, Oxford University. I think we can both spider. take some credit for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, coming yeah. from the same country. You can take a bit of credit. <laughs> a tiny, tiny yeah. bit of credit. So your... he had the idea of uh, like imitating this natural um, process of the fiber shooting the web material out of its body with oh, high pressure cool. and he suddenly thought what if, what if we could do this with cellulose um, to avoid the regenerating process with harmful chemicals where you first turn the, the cellulose into a liquid format with harsh chemicals and then create uh, yeah and then create a fiber so there has been so, so we it's avoid not the, all that so there are, there are people who have been using uh, wood is it, is, is it the byproduct of wood production? or No, it's like a subsequent process of, uh-huh. of normal pulping for paper and right, board okay. and whatnot. It's a mechanical grinding process, and that's our raw material. It's called microfibrillated cellulose. 
capturing. So it's only ground instead right, okay. of blown up with chemicals. Right, okay. And so typically, there are other people who do this, but they do it with like horrible, yes. dirty, yeah. poisonous chemicals. For example, viscose production is surprisingly polluting. It's, right, okay. So for people who don't know what visco is, and, and Joe's looking blank. <laughs> as always I mean most people do <laughs> yeah I mean that's the problem people don't know what the fibres are made of uh, how they're made how that affects the immediate environment or even yourself yeah yeah so but visco is a, visco is a <laughs> is a fibre yeah it's made of cellulose but it's made with uh, harsh chemicals right okay yeah and so I mean in comparison so, so visco t- that is are there other there are other man-made cellulosic fibres. Yeah. For example, Lyocell. If you know Tencel, that's a brand of Lyocell. Right, okay. Uh, Lyocell is like viscose process, but the only difference is that it's a closed process so that the polluting chemicals don't end up in the, the waters or the ground. Or Right, okay. Anyway. So in terms of the evilness of its process, <laughs> visco is the big daddy of pollution. I'm sure we can say well, that. Well, polyester we, is the worst, of course. Okay, so but poly- out of the cellulose-based Right, okay. Fibers, That's interesting. We can, so on a scale of the worst materials yeah. for the planet, at the very end, the dark lord is polyester. Yes, indeed. And what is the, and, and would you say... And that forms about 60% of the fibres that we use. Wow. And what's, what's so horrible about that? Is it just what, everything horrible? What, why is... Emissions, chemicals. Is it oil? Is it oil? It's um, oil based. It's yeah. oil based. So it's yeah. oil, already evil. Yeah. Then, it's, uh, then you add loads of chemicals. Yeah. Uh, and then and what else makes it bad? Just the whole process. Yeah, the whole process. And plus, um, whereas our, pa- our fibre is um, actually paper. It's the same as paper fibre at its purest form. Right, okay. Um, so obviously you can imagine how quickly paper biodegrades. Yeah. Um, polyester takes over 100 years oh, to biodegrade. Oh, <laughs> so no. We can either burn it for emissions yeah, or yeah, leave yeah, it somewhere yeah. in, we'll a, it in, in a dumpster and it biodegrades in 100 right, years. Right, okay, yeah. So that's the, <laughs> and so, and then what would you say would be, I don't know how many, we don't, we don't have to go through every single material, but then what would the, what, where would you, where's cotton, for example? I mean, cotton is, is nice and it's a natural cellulose and yeah. it's fine, but we can't add the cotton production in the world anymore. Right, okay. Um, Why is it that? eats away from the, the ground, the fields that it's grown on, the table waters especially is a problem. We can already see that some of the world um, cities are drowning and that's because of the table water problem. For what, example, so cotton Jakarta. Use, cotton uses loads of water? Yeah. And uh, so why would that make cities drown? Uh, when you have shortage of the table water, then yeah. the ground sort of sinks and the oh, sea right, no way. gets over. So as a result of our, 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 <laughs> our enthusiasm for cotton, cities are literally sinking into the earth. Some are, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. It, it takes uh, like a huge amount of water to make yeah. one cotton t-shirt, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like, uh, what was the... Yeah, the entire value chain is very water intensive. Yeah. And I, I read that to want, make one cotton t-shirt, it's like running the shower in your house for about 23 hours. It, oh, it's one a huge t-shirt. Amount. Yeah. Oh, no, that's really killing me. Yeah. Yeah, there's a cool video about it, actually. No I'll send way. You so one cotton T-shirt is 23 hours <laughs> of mm-hmm. shout. That makes me feel really bad about my own T-shirt. Veryfinishproblems.com, T-shirts and mugs. <laughs> <laughs> Business. But the, yeah, the, that's the, not very nice, Joel. <laughs> the problem is with uh, a lot of... I know, I feel bad now, but then look at what we're wearing. I presume that every single one of us... What are you wearing? 
You got cotton? This is cotton, yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. We're all feeling immediately. What about you, Joe? Um, I th- I think this is wool. Um, yeah. I, I just grab it off the shelf. I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, cotton underneath. Yeah, of course, cotton. Yeah. 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 Well, Joe is Welsh. But where else can I go? He's Welsh, so typically wool would be a key, key, key yeah. part of your... Wool's wool, fine. Wool uh-huh. fine. As yeah. long as the animals are treated. Right? Okay, so wool's yes. cool, is it? Of course. Yeah, okay. But that's only 1% of all co- uh, textile fibres in the world. Right, okay. Yeah. So, so polyester is like super evil. Cotton <laughs> is pretty bad as well. Are there anything, uh, and wool's cool, but it's, so, it's such a tiny percentage. Um, so what are you, have you got a name for your the textile? Your, your, it will your, probably be Spin Nova. Spin Nova. Yeah, but it's not commercial yet, so no branding is right, okay. confirmed, but it will probably be Spin Nova. Right, okay, and so... We want it to be like the Gore-Tex of sustainability. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you get uh, winter gear for your kids, you want it, want it to be Gore-Tex to be waterproof. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. That's like a guarantee of that. So we want Spin Nova to be like your guarantee of sustainable right, fiber okay, nice, production yeah. if you have that or some of that in your garment or whatever, textile. Yeah. So, and you know that it's sustainable. Right, choice. so you can you can sleep easy yeah. knowing you haven't used 23 hours of water mm. for your T-shirt, mm. basically. For example, yeah. yeah. So, so the Oh, sorry. No. Um, so the obviously this technology mm. is just, it's so different to anything else. And, and it, like while I was researching the company, I mean... Uh, it's. I, I think getting the brand out there is quite easy on on your behalf there because I mean the New York Times have already covered it and Wired Look and everything you, like that. Fancy. And it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, do you have problems with people trying to get the design of of all the machines and stuff? Because I mean, it, it's like, like espionage. Yeah, it's well. Kind I of, mean, uh, you know, this is a VTT based. Innovations, so we're very well covered in terms of IPR because that's like traditional thing to do uh, when you're a Finnish innovation anyway. Um, and also we've kept our technology concept hidden for now. So nobody knows exactly how so we do it. So it's kind of like the secret formula to Coca-Cola. It's kind of only a well, few people. Well, for now at least. It yeah. won't be, of course, forever, but yeah. at least now it is, yeah. Because it's, it's interesting because um, I was thinking, do you think people will ever look back at you know, the 23 hours of water for a cotton T-shirt, do you think people will treat that as kind of like lead-based makeup and cigarette adverts and they'd think, what the hell was that society thinking? I think so, yeah. I mean... It'd be great to think that would be the, the world case. Survives, yeah, exactly. Exactly. For that. Exactly. Hopefully you can um, kick off and change things really swiftly because we're in dire need of that, aren't exactly, we? Exactly, so. exactly. I think um, people will look back and wonder why we were kept creating so many virgin materials instead yeah. of circulating yeah, the yeah, ones yeah. that we already have. Yeah. That, that will probably be key. And Spinova is actually also looking, this is not just based on wood. Uh, we're looking at waste, different waste streams, cellulosic waste streams, like agricultural waste. That would be huge in terms of envi- environmental okay. um, so action. So what is that, byproducts of crops and stuff? Or? Yeah. So first you grow food and yeah. then you get the residue and Fantastic. put that in our system. That's fully possible. Yeah. Um, and also we're looking into cotton. So that would be, be what, big. What, recycling cotton? Or yeah, pre and post consumer cotton. Right, okay, cool. So yeah. that would be a, a big thing if we could just reuse it in our method. But it's too early to say about the yeah, cotton. Yeah, well, it'd be good to pick up. Pick up. I mean, the fast fashion has a lot to work. We've actually had on Very Fish Problems podcast before, mm-hmm. very early on in that, I think it was like episode four or five, we had a clothes activist who had written a book. Um, 
feel good wardrobe, which is all about like fart. The evils of fast fashion, basically, mm. and like how you should, you know, make sure you only have a certain amount of clothes in your wardrobe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I really don't think people. I think there's more awareness about the fast fashion. But like once I started looking into it, I was just amazed at like you know how much stuff is churned out and how places like H uh, and M. Uh, have just come up with the idea of like having not four seasons but like 12 seasons a year so <laughs> yeah. do you think is it also I mean does it matter if I mean if the material is sustainable that has less of an impact but do you think it's the way people way people like actually you know shop for clothes should be something that should be addressed as well I mean of course I mean we can blame the brands all we like but as long as we buy that stuff exactly the, the nasty fast fashion then then obviously us consumers are to blame yeah 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 and how will i mean how would it i mean of course it's far too early to talk about like the cost and stuff but will i mean will you ever be able to you think ever, ever be able to sort of compare with things like polyester and i'm probably not polyester but we will compare with like cotton and viscose right, okay and um, this is not an expensive process, so hence the fibre price will not be very high either. That's really interesting because uh, with when it comes to fast fashion, I know a lot of people who think, well, I, I don't want to keep shopping for fast fashion, but to buy clothes that are uh, ethically made, both in terms of like labour force and the environment, it's just so expensive mm. right now. Mm. Um, with all the dyes and everything. Yeah. And, um, so that's really good because it's a lot of people who don't want the fast fashion, obviously the financial side of it, it's pretty difficult to get out that loop. So I think that'll be well, I think the change. loop that people need to get out of is that they need to have new stuff every week. Yeah. Yeah, well, like that's capitalism in buy, general, isn't it? Like, yeah, if we, you buy an ethically quite sustainably produced piece of clothing um, every two months instead mm -hmm. of buying five pieces of cheap crap um, every week. Mm -hmm. That's the way we should Absolutely. be thinking about not always wanting new things. Yeah, 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 yeah that's true. Find something else to do on a Saturday. Yeah, then, yeah, then yeah. Totally agree. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, but that is a metaphor for cap capitalism in general, isn't it? Getting yeah. us to buy stuff we do not need. He says sitting in an ad agency. Well, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> and if I could, but at yeah. least I'm aware of that. And <laughs> interestingly, about regarding the way of buying clothes as well. Um, uh, Anna Maria, a few of the ladies who work for us are very big into. There's a, there's a, I can't remember. I don't. They don't have a male version, but they have like a rental shop mm. where it's like a, where you go there and you rent clothes. Yeah, all that is up and coming now. And I think it's that's brilliant. a great shout. Yeah. yeah, and even some brands are taking yeah, responsibility. Yeah, H&M have started and, to do that. I don't know if it's how much those repairing clothes. Yeah, you yeah. Know, Like Patagonia, for yeah. example, and our partner Bergans in Norway. Right. Okay. And um, they repair. They take back their clothes and repair them and give them back. Or you can return your old stuff into this bin in their shop and they um, wash it and repair it and put it back on the market. Um, you can borrow things from them. Uh, you can even do like a subscription of children's right, okay, uh, overall cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and things like that. So some brands are stepping up yeah, and, and arranging all this. Well, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because they obviously have the point of making their clothes last a long time. Yeah. Um, Which is sort of counterintuitive to the whole capitalist model, isn't it? It's like, buy something that's cheap, it just comes crap, it falls apart and you have to buy something new. Yeah, so and the second-hand nice market is growing as well, yeah, yeah, really yeah. fast in Finland. I mean, like Tori.fi yeah. um, is this online marketplace. I, I think you used to just have like sports equipment uh -huh. and, and appliances and stuff. And now I just bought my new Ted Baker uh, woolly coat. Fantastic. 
yeah. from yeah. there. So there's quite a few um, fashion choices yeah, there cool. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a similar thing happening in the UK um, <clears throat> because there was, uh, after the recession in 2008, people started shopping secondhand more um, and that kind of never died out once the economy picked up. Um, so the whole vintage look came back and yeah, it's become quite big, but and it's so easy yeah. with the online yeah, marketplace. It's so much more fun as well. I mean, even when I was yeah. a kid, I used to go to Oxfam and like Camden Market and get yeah. cool retro stuff. But that's stuff. more time consuming. Now you can that's think, yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. want so-and-so piece for yeah. my, my child or for myself. And then just go online and check a few places, see if it's there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true. Is. I've made a lot of good good finds. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, even as you can see from our office, we never buy anything new. Good. <laughs> and that's because Anna, our CEO, is very conscious of like, I am not buying new stuff. I want to make sure we've got everything that like, if I can't, if well, of course we have to buy like new drones and new like technical equipment. But like in terms of like actual fittings and furnishings, then her philosophy flows through the company. And that's why... Our meeting room has a sort of vintage retro granny look about it. It really is so that the most things that we need already exist. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about stopping to to want things and think about what you actually need. Yeah, yeah. And if you need something, look for it secondhand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great, great philosophy. Mm. I mean, even with... um, things like cars i mean i'm I'm from the uk obviously there was a car in the uk it was here as well called the uh ford escort Escort yeah and (laughs) and like literally one out of five families had one my grandfather had one my mother had one and in 2010 i think the government had this scheme to scrap all these cars what ford escort Uh, all of all of the old cars under the ground that their engines were dirtier Uh So people scrap them. You will not see a Ford Escort oh, in the UK no, now. It's as they were what, and, one before a certain time. Well, um, from the 90s onwards, but it, it's just the, the amount of waste. Um, then people bought brand new cars and the market was bigger than anywhere else in Europe. And then they decided that actually the new diesel cars were polluting more by making them and the diesel engines were just as polluted. So people tried to be conscious to the environment but instead the the factories were spewing out all these fumes and these old cars that could have been maintained Mm. are now ashes they're just oh, classic crazy. government fail there isn't and, it it's like yeah I, and and but the thing is, is Tories I think it, it was something conservative like that yeah government, but, there you go <laughs> but my point is is that even when it comes to big big like feats of engineering like a car they're so easily thrown out now and it's you can keep those old cars going instead of spending all that money and the, the toxic fumes making new ones and i just hope that that message kind of like goes up to the bigger things and it's just i just wanted to bring up that point because it's quite sad like it's not only just like taking all of those cars off the road, but it was unnecessary. Do you miss your old Ford, Ford Escort? I do miss them. They were lovely cars. <laughs> what yeah. colour was it? Uh, my grandfather had a green one. My mother had a black one. Right, okay. Yeah. But, um, but no, I mean, uh, to, to, those cars are now gone and the new ones have polluted and the engines are no cleaner and, and that <clears> happened <throat> nationwide. And Did you remember Ford? You lived in the UK, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. do you remember Ford Escorts? No, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> That was just one car that was scrapped. It yeah. wasn't just a like a uh, cullin of escorts, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they ran fine. They were clean enough, and they shouldn't have been scrapped. Okay, mm, yeah. so uh, yeah, government mm. policy gone wrong. Yes, 
definitely. Yeah. yeah, I think all that sort of wastefulness is is going out the window. Yeah, hopefully. I hope so. Do you think it's going ha- happening quick enough though? I mean, for example, no, we yeah, I don't. <laughs> we would all. Well, you think things need to speed up, basically. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's interesting how we went on the climate strike lot with my son and my wife, and uh, it was amazing actually. How and I hope some of the parents are listening to this. But unlikely, but this is my parents, my uh, child son's group, they got a WhatsApp group. The parents are in it, and um, they've got quite. She's got quite an activist like teacher. She's cool, and she goes right. We're all going to go to the climate strike. You know, it's a children's climate mm. strike. It's like morning, it's two hours, mm. and the amount of blowback she got from the people in the pe- in the WhatsApp group. Going, I'm not even my children going to anarchist like rat. I'm like, come on, this is exactly sort of you know, this is exactly mm. sort of mentality that stops things changing and we're so like yeah. you know so we're so like uh, cocooned from the consequences here in, in Finland which is such a you know well-functioning society north geographically mm. so I'm also very I'm quite pessimistic even though when I hear stories like yours and products like yours it has a sort of glimmer of hope mm. but I mean how quickly do you think you're going to be like up and running and people will be able to buy your like products um, two or three years right okay Maybe. So but we need we need like mass adoption of things like this for really make a I'm not at all concerned about the adoption. Um, right, okay. I think consumers will want this. Brands certainly already want this. They they would hope that this would be already commercially available. Okay, so they're already banging on the door saying, is, Yeah, the demand is really, really huge. Right, okay. Mm. And what what's is their what's their sort of motivation? Is it the fact that they realise people really want to have some other options other than yeah, they realise consumers will want this and, you know, material um, base is a big part of their sustainability goals. Some brands have even, like, introduced theirs. So, uh-huh. so told in public that our raw material base will be sustainable by so and so Oh, right, because you put it as part of their branding already. Yeah, we're so gonna, they, we're obviously to then when, once you've said that, you yeah. have to <laughs> somehow, there, somehow you? work out a way to, to get to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's really challenging because the sustainable materials aren't there. There's nothing really in volume that you can start replacing cotton or polyester with. So, yeah, we're running as fast as we can, certainly. You're already working with Marameco, aren't you? Yeah. Um, So that's like a Finnish iconic company. And Mm. uh, do you know if anybody, uh, any other companies are trying to get your attention or is it top oh, secret absolutely. I mean, we have not been proactive yet because mm-hmm. we're not commercial. Uh, we're working with about 10, 12 brands actively at the moment on like prototyping and, and piloting. Wow. And then I would say about must be closer to 200 brands have already contacted Look us. Look at you. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's um, good to see. What, um, I mean, what are the criteria for people who, who are knocking on your door? Is it like, because we've got 12 you're wor- working with in Finland. Are they Finnish? Or are no, they no. international brands? Yeah, so how have they found you? Because you're like, you know, you're sort of prototyping. So you're not actively looking for people because clearly you can't actually deliver until the product is ready. Are they, is it from the, I suppose the New York Times probably helped. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, they just found us online or heard about so us. So they're actively um, looking for options. Yes. I mean, all big brands have departments right, for okay. scouting. Oh, right, really? Yeah, absolutely. So how to say what they would, what would they be? Some materials departments. Yeah, yeah. And would that be the case with Mario Meco? Can we, how did that relationship begin or is that top Actually, secret? I wasn't around when that started, but probably it's in the same way as right, okay. everyone else that they're looking and seeing what's feasible and, you know, thinking long term. 
um, trying to find sustainable materials. And like I say, there's not that many around. Yeah. At least in the kind of volumes that we aim for. So the one that was, uh, was it Vis Visco? Viscos. Viscos. And where, where, where are they based? Oh, I mean, Viscos is produced in, in many places it's in, a, in who Europe the, who and Asia. The who, who were the people who invented it, though? I don't know. Right, so it's been, it's been around for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so people, and that's like, is that the option that people are using currently as like the most sustainable? I mean, is that, how is that? Um, I mean, it depends on the brand and selection, what fibre they're looking to replace. Yeah. But also it's a bit like a chicken egg situation that we're not quite sure what this is yet. Right, okay. Uh, so we're sort of now trying to find out together. Yeah. How did you, because um, I, I had a look at your blog and, and everything and, and it's so much passion for... I think you're in the right job, you know, you've, yeah. you've clearly got a um, I, I did enjoy it. <laughs> so but how did that develop? What, what kind of, because I, I assume you've always been really passionate about the, uh, the planet and the environment, but do you remember how that first happened and you thought, you know, I can actually take some real change here? And What, me personally? Yeah. I think it was when I was involved in renewable energy. Yeah. I felt that I was doing... I know it's all dropping the ocean, but still I felt like my everyday job is about doing something to improve things. Yeah. And yeah. look at wind power now. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. When yeah, I joined yeah. the wind power industry about, oof, I don't know, 10 years ago, um, it was a bit like an underdog mm -hmm. in some circles. Yeah, yeah. laughed at, you know, that's never going to happen. That's ne never going to be competitive against fossil yeah, fuels, yeah. etc. And now it is. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. We haven't. Like, I, I enjoy I, these like success stories. Yeah, we have like. Uh, who, was you, who did you work for? Windpower. Uh, Moventas is uh, is also in Uvasculite, um a technology company that makes gearboxes for the oh, wind. Oh, right, cool. Wind power nacelles. The, That's the really interesting. So we've currently rooms. got a, a, a wind power client. I probably can't mention at the time, but who? We, so we just suddenly become really immersed in the world of wind power. Yeah. And I had no idea of the potential, like you know, the possibilities of like you know, literally, you could with the technology available you could use all the power for electricity for finland for electricity if yeah. if there are enough wind farms exactly but it's amazing what we discovered whilst working with them and currently ongoing is like the amount of like uh, the time taken from building mm -hmm. a wind like saying finding a spot in finland to actually building the wind farm and the amount mm. of hassle and like the uh, protests from people i mean finland's massive yeah there's so, so hardly anyone lives here so exactly you think a wind farm plenty of space for a wind yeah. farm but no apparently there's people always like yeah no i don't want a wind farm here because it's going to ruin the view of my yeah and so it's just on so yeah i mean i've seen and that's a good example and maybe a, the textile fiber um industry is also a good example of the fact that if we subsidized or, you know, try to regulate things with laws, uh -huh. it would certainly help us, you know, get rid of some of our climate stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... Um, but it's not happening, it's not is happening. it? It's not happening, no. It's not political <laughs> will, is that? And also, I mean, it's just the terms of people, but aren't, people aren't willing to make the smallest sacrifice. Yeah. That's what I find so amazing. Like, I was at East, East, Istanbul at, like, a weekend, which is a great city, like, you know, it's, like, really, really bustling, really busy, and, like, but, like, of course, and it's just so different to here in so many different ways, but, like... Um, yeah, the idea that basically you can't make even tiny changes to your life because you're so comfortable. And like, you know, no disrespect to Finnish people, but for a lot of people who are Finnish people have never travelled, they don't realise how lucky they are mm. and how entitled they are. That's true. And it's like, and then, then you talk about, oh, well, we have to change the way we live. And people go, well, there's only five million of us. What difference can we make? That is, That's a bullshit oh, argument. I hate it when I, I hear that. I hate that as well. Because the truth is, for example, with textiles, is almost any consuming 
it's us Western people Absolutely. who are wealthy that are most to blame. Absolutely. And that's you the know. thing also. I mean, in terms of like, if you look at this um, <laughs> this thing this thing where they do how many earths people use in terms of natural resources, Finland uses all its earths up by about February. Exactly. I mean, oh, in terms sure of the this, environment, yeah. exactly. nobody should live here. A peasant in the Chinese countryside yeah, or, you know, poor yeah, Indian yeah. person does not consume as much as we do. Exactly. All so it's, it's us. Yeah, yeah, totally. And the Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, oh, Western goodness. Europeans in yeah. general. I was had uh, we had a guy who was the head of um, Johan Nuström, the coffee place, and he was also saying another thing I'd never considered that he was talking about when they sourced their their coffee beans from Brazil. Uh, they spoke to the farmers there, and they had real no. Co- they just sold their beans. They didn't really have any concept of like sustainability or like. Um, how they, how they, the way they plied their crop. They weren't, they weren't really interested or weren't even really aware. But that, once they sort of told them why they were willing to spend more money on their coffee beans if they did certain stuff, then he said, then he said, after a few years, people started to look at the Nordic countries for, as an example yeah. of like how they can do things differently. And there's like, you know, the, if they can do that, we should do it true. It's something to aspire to. So that's something I've never, I'd never really considered before. It'd be not, you know, if we could like lead from, lead by example rather we than. We certainly like, will. I think we will. And that's the biggest contribution of Finnish people to the rest of the world innovations like speed and Absolutely. many others they uh, replace plastic and more harmful materials yeah yeah i mean that's a beautiful thing and i just mm. wish people more people would like get on board with that and stop moaning <clears throat> about the fact all oh, right you know I, might, I can't drive my car as much or i can only have one car i mean really it's like <laughs> get out there travel the world see how other people are living yeah just so the 15 percent of the world's richest people can live as we do and it's yeah. like it's a shocking state of affairs mm. and the sad and then how different would it be if the people who were to suffer the most from the climate crisis would be us rather than people who are living in like the equator or like you know that's a cruel irony isn't mm-hmm. it the world's poorest people are the ones who are going to suffer the most they from are. the climate crisis they while will. we still sit yeah. here like so yes yeah, so it's unfortunate I think mm. wind farms look really pretty though uh, a lot of people yeah. say that it ruins the view and stuff I'm, I come from Wales and we had coal for many years and mm. they were closed down uh, now on the mountains, there's loads of wind farms. And I thought if we had done this like in the 70s instead of now, it would be a much cleaner place because it's like a, a new form of power. And mm. I, I like them. I really I like, like them. I they're, they're really yeah, cool to look cool. at. I they, mean, my mum is in Andalusia. And uh, you travel from her her house to Malaga, and it's just a whole. It look right, really sort of sci-fi cool. Sort yeah, of like, like flowers. Then they just move. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, clearly, I don't live near them, but I don't. I mean, some of the some of these sort of like reasons why people are against them, just like this whole thing about killing birds and like, you know, like all these weird, weird, weird. Santa mis- Claus might fly yeah. into them. <laughs> That's like, yeah. What, as what he leaves, tell my children. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's totally ludicrous. Do you have any you have like to um, pick your battles? I think. Yeah. Do you have people who, do you think there is going to be, are there sort of, uh, sort of organizations that are going to be anti what you're doing? Do you, I mean, I mean, you know, presumably the people are making, are they seeing you as a threat? Will they see you as a threat and will they try and? I'm sure the cotton industry yeah. might. Um, and then. That's a powerful lobby, I presume. Some people think that trees should be used for textile fiber, but oh, that's again, interesting. you Why? have to pick your battles. Um, because they're, you know, CO2. Right, uh, so they just don't want trees being cut down sources. full stop. Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> but they, but some trees grow within a matter of five years, yeah. don't they? So they can just regrow. And, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, like farming, but what you're farming is, is these little trees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's CO2 um, positive. Yeah, of course, yeah. As long as they're planted back and, and yeah. Yeah. Um, because that did cross my mind. But then I thought, right. how many, uh, I think uh, Finland has about 
two billion trees. So there's like one. How many trees? Like one ten billion, trees for every trees one for every person. Finish person like that. Like, um, but uh, yeah, and, it's and uh, the waste opportunity is massive. Yeah, of course. So typically what yeah. happens to that? Like, so typically what would happen? You say you use a waste from pulping or the pulp itself? Or? No, no, that's not the waste part. Um, we're developing a fiber out of agricultural waste, oh, right, Fortum. Okay. So Fortum would be using that in the future for energy production. Right. And we would be using that agricultural waste. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, right I see. Okay, yeah. cool. Because currently, for example, somewhere like India... Yeah. Um, they mostly burn it. They banned burning it. Well, so when you're, so you're talking about like crops, like straw and stuff. Or yeah, like from rice and wheat. Right. Okay. Farming. Yeah. So the residue from that, they they either burn or let it rot somewhere and because there's no no way to do it. Yeah. So the fumes from that um, uh, pollute the atmosphere. Of course. Like, yeah. Locally, yeah. and then produce emissions. You know, wow. in general. And what happened to it in Finland currently? Well, I mean, we don't have a massive agricultural waste problem mm, because true. of yeah, our yeah, seasons. Yeah. So it's it's mostly Central Europe, um, India, right, okay. Asian countries. But so Fortum is currently working in the way of making it into energy, which is burning it or not burning it. or what's that probably, I what mean, collecting it, yeah. collecting it maybe for an incentive for the farmers and then um, take all that, all that and produce energy and uh, hemicellulose and lignin as side products. And then we would take it as um, textile fiber. All right, okay, Raw cool. material. Right, yeah. so you're taking... That's totally feasible. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, is that the same sort of timeline as like spin-off? Yeah. I mean, yeah, so they're working in conjunction, basically. Yeah. So what, how... What, I mean, currently, in terms of what you're doing, and the, you're talking about three years, is it like sort of ongoing research or is it ramping up a production line? It's mostly so what's the, the ramping the, up. It's um, We now have a proof of concept from the pilot factory in right, Finland. Yeah. Is that the one you've asked Yeah, that's yeah. the one that in Yavaskula and then um, so that's good to go so you can sort of multiply that uh, production line somewhere yeah. else and set up commercial factories now with the same technology concept depending I mean not de- uh, regardless of the raw material source right okay so it can be wood or it can be waste but it's always the same technology the same so you have a line. production line producing yeah. spinover yeah and so why is it three years till, till it becomes like it's not entirely up to us. Um, right, it's okay. about our partners. Industrial scaling uh, takes a lot of money. Right, okay. So, so theoretically, <laughs> you could do it now then, in terms of yes, like... So you, have, you, could produce some, you could produce material. We could be all wearing spin-over T-shirts without feeling guilty about every single item of clothing we have on. Theoretically. Theoretically, yeah. It's, so I mean, money technically, they can get their really shit together. <laughs> <laughs> Speed up, people. I know. And so for them, it's more about... Because when they have to... They have to just totally redo their whole production lines and everything. Is that... No, 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 no. A uh, spinover can be, for example, spun in the same machinery oh, as right, cotton. Okay. Yeah. So what? So I'm just trying to get my head so around. So it's like what, a drop-in pro- product in the existing supply chain. Right. Chains. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just trying to get my head around why it would take so long for them to adopt it. Then is that why? 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 What's the obstacle to not using it? Well, I mean, at this point, we're trying to develop the prototypes and seeing what the fiber is like, how it behaves, right, okay. testing, right, and so where. Right. In the real world environment. Yeah, right. because it's so novel that we don't know enough about it. Yet. Right. Okay. So still, in that sense, it's still like it, it being experimented in the real yeah. world. Sort and of then, thing. on the other hand, goes the industrial scaling that will require, you know, tens of millions of euros right, okay. and, you know, careful planning yeah, and yeah. third parties and. 
So, so do you think as a result of this, then potentially Uvasca is going to become this like textile hub? No, um, probably not. Uvasca will be the R&D hub. Right, okay. Um, and I think our developers have, have their hands full for the rest of their lives right, because okay. we have all cool. these alternative raw materials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the production facilities will be placed where somewhere they, else entirely, right, okay, maybe they, not even in Finland. Yeah, yeah, where mm. the clothes are being sort of made. Yeah. Close to the raw material source, close to the supply chains. I mean, Finland, unfortunately, doesn't have a textile industry anymore. Right, okay, it's all disappeared, has it? Or all gone overseas? It's all gone up overseas in the 90s. Right, okay. Yeah. So before Hany did, did it? Did you have, did. like, local production of... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't realise well, that. Well, Tampere was... I'm was from Tampere, so I know. Yeah, of course. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, of course, I know. Yeah. Story. My grandmother has worked in Finlayson in oh, right, the factory no uh, when she came from uh, Viipuri uh, during the Second World War. Oh, right. Okay, that's where she ended up. Is that yeah. how she ended up? Your family yeah. ended up there? Yeah, in the cotton factory. All oh, right. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> and that's where Reimer started out, I think, after World War II. Um in Tampere. Was it in Tampere? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know enough yeah, about that. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, it's interesting. yeah, there's been a, a huge industry, but then it moved to the Yeah, like everywhere local, did. Local yeah, yeah, country. of course. Mm. But now so there's the now there's like nice new brands upcoming. That that's good to know. And they all have they all have sustainable ambitions. What you mean new Finnish brands? New Finnish clothing brands, yeah. Yeah. Who are, but still have overseas production but they wanna they wanna make it more sustainable. Of course they would prefer that, yeah. yeah if yeah, it was yeah. feasible. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, that's interesting. So in terms of Vasca as a place then, I mean the reason you're there, is that because of where the founders are from? Yes, and the um, VTT has their most most of their pulp and paper research in New Vasca. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is that because Vasca's always been a paper town? Or has it been a paper town? I, suppose, I, I mean, don't know. We have a bit of a hub there with Valmeth and yeah. What is that noise? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, bizarrely enough, I've been going through Uvasca. Driving, I've been going through Uvasca to get the places more recently in the last few few months, and I never like, um, I never, really, I never really knew why. My my father in law is from Uvasca, and he was telling me that yeah, it used to be the the lake there used to be really polluted because it was it because of, because of paper. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, it was probably when I'm he not was from like, there. So yeah, he was like in sort of like fifties and stuff. So that huge, beautiful lake was apparently very much like. And of course, I was trying to think what it. Oh I yeah, they had like a timber industry going yeah, yeah. on in near the centrum at some point. Right, but now okay, it's, so all, it's, just, um, it's all gone. It's all gone. Right. Okay. So VTT got their thing up there, and as a result of that, and the founders are from there. So Uvascula will be a central there you go I think it would be the R&D hub yeah I don't think we've ever had a shout out to Vascular in the whole no I don't think we have no, no. So, yeah. so that's the first <laughs> Ooh, <vascular>. cool <laughs> so I mean in terms of like how you see things progressing year on year you've got a three year plan and what, what how will spin over change like I mean does that mean you just I mean, you just carry on going along until till you actually have the opportunity to produce produce like the material or is there like, how would, how would your role develop? I mean... Well, like I say, the, the job is almost endless because right, we can okay. always research new raw materials. And I think our sustainable ambition is that, that we want to focus on the waste streams because they have the most environmental impact. Right, okay. After we've, you know, rolled out the wood-based fiber product first. Uh-huh. That would be our first, first um, launch. So is it literally like endless when it comes to the possibility? I think so. What we've like just basic any waste products to do with like, yeah. uh, so trees or anything that's plant-based? Mm. Yeah, any cellulose. Wow. 
so many possibilities. So we could be doing like straw t-shirts or I'm just a bit speculating. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, we're actually going to, I'm not going personally, but some of our team are going to Vancouver next week. Fantastic. For the textile exchange. It's a great, great city. You should be go, You should be jumping on that trip. I know, right? Why, why are you not going? But, um, well, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, so we're actually going to have a um, jacket and skirt made of straw. Oh, right. No there way. As a showpiece. Wow. Wow. So hopefully I'll be able to share photos. Oh, right. Cool. That's really cool. That. Yeah, because I mean, whenever you think, whenever I think straw jacket, straw, I immediately think of the straw man in Wizard of Oz, yeah. which is clearly not how it's going to be. <laughs> but it yeah. works. Well, so what is your fact? Is there a big textiles? Is there a big textiles? Yeah, fair? there's like a textile exchange uh, sustainability conference. Right, is that is that Vancouver a hub of that, or does it just happen to be in Vancouver? It just happens to be there now. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah great city. I had very fond memories of hanging out there. Okay, so you've got straw, and so you have made clothes of these things already. So you've made clothes of straw, and you've made clothes of wood, pulp, yep. paper. I'm yep. not, I keep getting this wrong. Paper fibre. Paper fibre. <laughs> Any other plants that have been... Well, like I say, cotton is something that we're right, looking okay. into that would have massive environmental impact if we could take that yeah, particular yeah, waste cool. stream. Um, oh, I mean, we've been suggested all sorts of waste streams. I can't even list all of them. But uh, and yeah. So what is it like? It turns up, I know the process is secret. I'm just trying to picture what happens. It turns up like, say loads of straw turns up. Mm-hmm. Then what, I mean, without giving away too much of the magic. I mean, what, we, what we, we will grind that? that into a you, finer form. What's that, powdery? So it's like powdery. Right, okay. And then add a bit of water and yeah. make like a paste out yeah. of it. And then Put it for your do magic our magic. Machine. Put it for your magic, magic machine. <laughs> 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 and then it would come out as like thread. Yeah. Wow. It's like 3D printing, but what right. we're 3D printing is a thin uh, fi- filament. Right, we okay. call it filament. The and so your fa- you mentioned the founders being inspired by spiders what were they what were they doing before they were at this this like eureka moment they were both um researching how cellulose flows the particular uh, branch of science is called rheology uh-huh. that is a new branch of science for me joe have you heard that science branch never of never before rheology yeah and what so that's the that's the study of it's a study of how the, the fibrils within the um, cellulose fibre flow. Okay, it's a very specific, yeah. and quite niche. Yeah, very like, niche. Yeah. niche um, so, so that, and they were studying <laughs> that in Uvascular? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So, researching that. Right, okay. Yeah. So they're researching that together. I mean, were they, what's their sort of story of the two founders? Were they friends or colleagues or? They, they were friends, together? yeah, since, since the time they studied physics in Uvascular. Right, okay, so mm. they've known each other for many years. Yeah. And then one of them had a eureka moment. He discussed it with the other one. Maybe mm. should, should we give them names? Yes, uh, so Juha Salamela is our yeah. innovator. And he was either eureka moment man. He's the eureka moment man. And then Janne Poranen is now our CEO. And Janne had the idea of spinning the company off from the VTT. Right, okay. And that's what they did together. And then some some uh, experts followed them right, okay. right then and there from the VTT. Okay, cool. And, um, so yeah. how does that, because the VTT, that happens Very quite a lot of VTT, doesn't it? Like, But how does that work? Can you, so you work with VTT, 
Uh, maybe we should explain who, I mean, most people, I don't know if people would know. Do you know what VTT is? Uh, I know because I had I actually had them as a client many years ago. One of the most complicated copywriting assignments I ever had. Uh, if you remember the copywriting work from VTT, VTT is it? VTT, do you know? Um, I know, but I'd like the audience to understand. <laughs> Cunning. <laughs> VTT, so VTT are, what's it? They're basically like a, they're like a government sponsored technology, yes, isn't it? What's the VT, what does the VTT stand for? Do we know? Valtiontieteellinen tutkimuskeskus. I'm very happy that you're here to say that. Scientific research center, basically. Yeah. And these days, I mean, VTT, there's a lot of innovation born out of the VTT and spun off as yeah, companies. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and quite, they now quite enjoy being this like incubator. But it wasn't like that in the past, was it? More, it was more, wasn't it more like a state sponsored? And they yeah, sort of, I, don't, I, I never I understood so. really what they did with the technology stuff they came up with. Exactly. So, because, I mean, uh, an invention is all well and good. But it's not like an innovation before it's made commercial. I yeah, think. exactly. And I think yeah. well, there's so many examples of like you know in brilliant inventions that never have never been made. Yeah, have never for done whatever anything. reason. Yeah. yeah, and also, also of course, it's a, it's very tricky uh, to spin an innovation out of research and then you know become a company and making skills, the right choices. For well. example, our vision is truly uh, sustainable, and and we want this fiber to be available to all consumers in the future. And we need to make every choice based on that vision. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's every day that the choices that we need to do in, in terms of business choices and you know yeah. how we grow, um, how we negotiate with partners. Um, yeah, it's well, not it's, easy. No, well, it's also a very dramatic change of role, isn't it? I yeah. mean, you're working for VTT and you're working on research. Yeah, and then you move into business. Well, they also had. Uh, quite a lot of experience in like industrial scaling so they right, okay. do so know what they're doing technically and yeah, they've made yeah. very good choices for spin away in the past five years right so, okay. so that was still quite a bold choice confident, to move from something from like it was is, it because they just yeah, saw the potential very brave yeah, yeah. and then the, so they, they, they both left and VTT they, with VTT's blessing yeah yeah VTT even stayed as an, a part owner for a while alright okay cool yeah and you you make a good point about the difference in invention and innovation mm. because uh, at the time when the car was being invented, the car we're not going to go about that Ford Escort. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we can't get away from the Escort again. I'm done with Ford Escort. Um, but at the same time, there was an electric car that was made, and they went with petrol because yeah, it, was, it was it was faster at the time. Yeah, yeah the oil companies probably but, jumped on that as well. Didn't yeah, they? but there was about seven or eight different cars invented at the time we settled at the car we have now and um hybrid engines for example that's not really a new invention it, it's just now that companies are investing in it um but yeah electric cars have been around oh, since wow, that would have been a very age. different path wouldn't yeah. it yeah if you can't scale it then it won't have the impact that you want yeah for example if we were to use you know potato peels of um households that wouldn't be available in volume. So yeah, yeah, that's just been our point the whole time that we want to create a technology that's completely multipliable to wherever in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we want to want it to be based on raw materials that are available in and volume. Plentiful, yeah. Otherwise, it, it yeah, scrapping not three feasible. people's beans for potato peels. <laughs> <laughs> it's a slow process. We can use them. Yeah, but, sure. You know, yeah. They're not available in volume. For example, now we're seeing innovation in the textile fiber feel that for example orange fiber is made of orange peels all right cool uh, a company called Biniatex makes um, textile fiber out of um, pineapple the the 
Is it pails or is it, it, it yeah, the core? Oh, the shell. Ah, oh, shell. Yeah. Shell. Is it, is it, it a shell? Shell is quite fragile. You can't call it a peel. It's too hard. Yeah, exactly. It's a shell. So, people, if you know what it is, feel free to drop some. We utterly failed on describing the outer. Flesh. Is it flesh? Yeah. No. I, yeah. No. no. no the armor. Isn't it? The armor. Well, you know <laughs> what I mean. Pineapple armor. <laughs> but that, and that's all well and good, and it's great. But is it available in big volume? Yeah, Probably yeah, yeah, not. Totally. Yeah. Mm. I mean, are they based in a place where they, where pineapples are plentiful? I, I suppose so. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know what the. Uh, and also, yeah, I mean, how, I suppose, I suppose, if you're peeling loads of pineapples, but yeah, I mean, the fact that it makes it lot, lots of just a weird vision, in one, it? some strange machine just spinning stuff around. Yeah, but, but yeah, right. I mean, yeah, having stuff that's like people that has grown everywhere. I mean, I'm from Suffolk, which is the countryside, and I've seen much, much straw in my lifetime. So it's like, yeah, yeah I mean, huge. Like, you go to the farm and like huge barns just full. Of straw, so yeah. I mean, I can yeah. I don't know what happens with that. To be honest, I think a lot of the time, because burning is not allowed in many places anymore. Cows, I think they use it to feed cows. Mm. It could be. I mean, I'm from the farm, the the farming heartland of the UK. I know nothing (laughs) about farming, so (laughs) I do know that um, (laughs) the cows consume so much uh, uh, cropland that not eating red meat for about is it like a month will save the planet considerably because they um yeah. eat a lot of the crops but they also they they fart a lot yeah. and it, it fills up the atmosphere yeah i mean when yeah. cows are like devastating for yeah yeah so uh that's an interesting thing hmm. but what would happen in a world where the cows were no cows no cars we were that would be perfect we were all not eating cows or they could grow similar things in a lab and that land was left to Absolutely, crops. yeah. I mean, mm. I mean, eating, that's the sort of thing I've been like researching myself about what I can do, my own impact uh, to try and, you know, minimise... And we need to crisis. think about resource efficiency. Like think about a cotton field. You have these plants there. You use the little nice little, uh, yeah, white flower it's like a little and flower, then chuck the rest Is it away. like a little, is it a flower? Oh, is it I never it is really a flower. Know, it's a li- actually a yeah. flower. I never really knew what, what. So the resource efficiency there is, is like sort of fluffy? 20, 30% maybe. It's like a fluffy flower. Yeah, the fluffy yeah. white one. But then if you farm wheat... Um, you collect the, the yeah, part the that goes stuff. into the grains yeah. and then you use the residue way. for a textile fibre that yeah, replaces it on. I yeah, mean, yeah, the, yeah. the resource Get efficiency is about 90%. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. what we need. Yeah, absolutely. Because we don't have an endless amount of, of good farming uh, well, land or table waters. Yeah, I mean, it's getting more. I mean, the fact I was also reading the thing about like the amount of su- subsidies that farmers get, and they're just getting subsidies to destroy like you know virgin rainforest and the pressures on particularly in South America to feed the West and stuff. So the idea of like yeah, just using things more efficient efficiently, um, and it's amazing that is we've never come to this conclusion. But I think living in a planet that seems so bountiful, you're sort of taking it for granted. So yeah, that's a that's a, that's a, 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 a glimmer of hope in an otherwise. I don't know. I try. I'm trying. I'm sort of an eternal optimist, but it's sometimes it gets difficult to be optimistic about like. But you know, wind power. You mentioned this, yeah, you exactly. Because I can see from such close proximity how it's being done, and I have. I absolutely full confidence in spin a lot. Yeah, that yeah, absolutely. absolutely make it. Yeah. And I think it, uh, no we're coming to a it. point now where it's not just the people who are thinking consciously about this kind of stuff. I, I think the planet has will be forced to make that choice in the way that oil 
um, is set to run out in about 100 years or something, crude oil from the ground. We have no choice at this point. So that's both a good and a bad thing in the way that it's either change or then it's going to be like some kind of apocalyptic movie. Yeah, so um, quite dark way to end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but we often, this is Carl Sagan, yeah. often we have dark ways of ending podcasts, yeah. actually, yeah. So, yeah, we'll end up crying. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, folks. Uh, but typically, I didn't forewarn you of this, actually. Typically, at the end of our, we're coming up to the to the end now, but typically what we do is we, we ask for recommendations of like, things that you think people can read or watch or check out or anything. So we put you on the little bit of a spot there. I, I, Joe can go first. He's probably not feel remembered this either. So it can be anything you've seen in the last, well, any time actually, like things you think people would benefit. It doesn't even have to be related to this subject, just things that you think people would like to get involved with seeing or reading or well, if you have something you can yeah, say now if you I don't. I can think can of one thing. Um, this is on Ule Arena. Um, I think she's Irish, uh, isn't she? Stacey Dooley. Oh, yes, yes, yes. She had a good documentary piece on Ule Arena. It's probably still there about the, um, the effects of fast fashion. All right, cool. So Stacey that's eye opening if you've never given this sort of uh, area a thought before. Right, okay. Who is Stacey? Should I know who she is? Yeah, she's, she's a BBC presenter. She's about my age, I think. And uh-huh. um, she does a lot of like hard hitting documentaries. She's got on like, the BBC. sort of quite long. I'm just yeah, she's got quite long hair. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, 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 like <laughs> Yeah, she does, and she's uh, she's interviewed like uh, Islamic fundamentalists and stuff. Oh, and, I might. Yeah. yeah, I think I, she's. Like, I think I do know her. Yeah, yeah. she sort of travels the world doing this. Okay, cool. Yeah, but also then you know if you want to start a sustainable uh, life in terms of how you dress, first I would just go through everything I have in my wardrobe. Yeah. Appreciate those items. Um, if there's something wrong with them, fix it, and uh, and you know try to wear them for longer. Yeah. And if you want to buy anything, think whether you need that or not. If you need it, try and find it secondhand. Um, and whatever you get, appreciate that as well. Try to make longer term choices than what am I going to wear next weekend because I'm going to so and so do. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, you probably have everything you yeah. need. So think about, you know, whether you need to want so many things. Yeah, yeah. See yeah, you. that is a, a great philosophy for life in general, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? It's like, do you need this stuff? Yeah. I and mean, think of other, like I said, think of other ways to spend your Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Than going around the shops. No, I totally agree. I mean, I might currently go, I don't, I mean, I'm not a shopper in any, I mean, basically the way I shop for clothes is I'll go somewhere like once a year and I'll find something I like and I'll just buy, like, for example, these trousers. I bought, I went to Jack Jones. I have no. I presume they are well. They're fast fashiony, but I found these fitted nicely and they were comfortable. So I bought three pairs of different colours, and that's basically done. But then subsequently, whilst packing for this this trip, I went away for like last week. Uh, I realised, yeah, I've just got clothes that I don't wear, and I'm I just do my head in. I mean, I'm not in any way a massive wardrobe person, but still, there's just stuff. I do have a weakness for clothes that have like emotional and historical significance to me. So it's like, and the way I justify keeping them is like, hmm, maybe my son will like this when he's, and he'll never, he's never going to like a t-shirt that I was wearing in the late nineties, is he? So could come back around. Could come back yeah. around. I used to wear some of my dad's stuff actually when I, as I was a young teenager. My dad was a mod, so he had some quite cool clothes when I, which he'd kept. But I think, yeah, the idea of like not treating clothes as throwaway, 
would be uh, and like, I think it's just so cheap I mean it's obscene how cheap they are I mean yeah but just because something's offered to you at a cheap price doesn't mean you have to take it absolutely and also think <laughs> why it's cheap you know think why it's, because there's something along that process ignoring the fact that the people are being exploited who make it in the first place getting yeah. paid a pittance for yeah we didn't even a, go into the social aspect no we but, didn't go into the social mm, aspect which is like you know that would be a whole other podcast absolutely and, uh, even darker well I'm assuming that the um, it, with the new eco companies if they do stay in uh, western countries like Finland or the UK or Spain or France that the people working there will legally have to be paid a wage that's livable and that in turn will create better standards then so uh, is that what would happen there um, if we kind of kept more eco fashion within the country where it's made to stop the ships and the planes polluting the atmosphere hmm yeah, but I mean, to be honest, the logistics is not a, not the big problem here. Okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's, I think that's a podcast in itself. Yeah, that's yeah. also a podcast yeah. in itself. Yeah. I mean, there are people who finally make their own. I mean, you can go to designers who make their own. People down here, down the road, who make their own clothes. Yeah. I mean, they're a lot more expensive, but they last a lot longer. So, I mean, I'm always like, I'd rather, it used to be in the past, people would have one good suit, yeah. for example. And that My grandmother. My so, grandmother, for example, yeah, and that I would last never saw a new piece of clothing on her, and she was a teacher who sort of had to dress quite right, nicely for work, yeah, and yeah. Um, she hardly bought anything. She wore the same stuff. Yeah, no, I'm all 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 on board with that. I think you know it makes a lot more sense to buy a lot less of top quality stuff, ideally made, not made in a, like a sweatshop in Bangladesh. And, uh, you know, you can f you can feel more comfortable wearing it, knowing it hasn't got blood, sweat and tears. And you can also know it will last longer if you invest a bit more money. But they don't, you know, the branding and the marketing of all these shops you go into, like your H&M, Zara, then of course, even Zara actually is changing its model a little bit. So they are taking that on board. But, but they I'm don't pay tax in the UK. So we'll put that in now. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Um, and apparently, yeah, I mean, apparently the bloke who started Zara is the, one of the richest men in the world, some Spanish guy. Yeah, yeah, he is, yeah, yeah. But yeah, okay, so you're recommending reading the uh, the fast fashion documentary by the Irish girl with a sort of hair that's long. I, I do you remember. know what? I think she's from um, Luton, actually. Oh, she's from Luton? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay, London. so not yeah. Irish. It's not okay. her surname, yeah. is she? Dooley's Irish, yeah. Irish, yeah. yeah. Right. Anglo Irish. Well, that's yeah. one. And then if you want to find out about textile materials to really understand what they are and how they're, they're produced, for example, a website called Textile Exchange. All right, okay, cool. Uh, it's like introduces all the different textile fibre materials and explains how they're made. Cool, mm. good stuff. And really relevant to the topic. And I read like the wash tags, see what you're buying. What the wash tags telling you like exactly what they're made out of. Yeah. Yeah which I never, ever do. Ah. It's the fact I have loads of shrunk, discoloured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's, a, that's one thing. Take care of the clothes you yeah, have yeah. well so that you don't ruin them, to, so that you can wear them longer. Yeah. Joe, anything you'd like? It doesn't have to be related to clothes, but it can be related to literally anything. I'm only saying that because I'm queuing up for the fact that mine is in no way related to clothes. Okay. <laughs> well, um... It's kind of related to clothes. Uh, me and my girlfriend recently have been using a lot of Facebook market place. All right, okay, cool. Um, and, for example, yesterday we bought a Hoover for 50, a vacuum cleaner you'd call mm -hmm. it, not Hoover, that's a brand mm -hmm. name, um, for 50 euros, which was brand new, um, which would have gone in the bin. Yeah. Um, and instead we didn't have to buy a brand new plastic thing. Uh, 
also we have a system in the house that when a jumper is old, yeah. uh, we have a, like a life cycle. So we then will turn that outdoor jumper will become like apartment jumpers. And then when they're too broken down, uh, we turn them into rags. Love it. So, yeah. um, so cool. at least it goes through like mm. a bit of like a longer period. Mm. Yeah. I've not put anything other than broken socks and underwear from the children in the normal rubbish bin for ages. Yeah. yeah. So, for example, brands take um, old, even broken and staying clothes. Yeah. And they deliver them to reuse, um, for example, in Europe in the car industry. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. I'm feeling bad now that I haven't got a clothes <laughs> recommendation, so hold that thought whilst I find one uh, from Arm School. Hold that thought, talk to yourself, and back in a second. I think this will be edited out. My recommendation is Vatarecki. And Recki, there's something called Recki as well. Okay, so there's more than one. My recommendation is actually, is it really my recommendation? E-M-M-Y is one. Okay, so we're recommending secondhand clothes stuff, basically. I'm I'm recommending that slightly fraudulently because I've never actually been there. Although saying that, I have said to Armscore that she should go to them and ask for a men's one. Because if there was a men's one, I'd be there absolutely. I love the idea of like... Because people get bored of clothes, don't they? Exactly. You buy clothes, you get bored of them. You don't wear them for like months yeah. and then you forget about them. I dig into my wardrobe. I find clothes I've totally forgot I had. Mm. So I think it would be great to have clothes where you can wear for a couple of weeks and then then take mm. back. So yeah, that, I think this whole of like clothes uh, on subscription is coming yeah, as well. Yeah, nice idea as well. And if not, I mean, you can shop in your friend's closet. Yeah, well, we do that in, here, actually. We have had uh, a couple of occasions. In your workplace. Absolutely. Mm. If you check out our Instagram, <laughs> Intag Media Instagram, you will see a few pictures of the ladies here. Once again, we were excluded <laughs> we, we, by, yeah, by virtue of our gender. You can do your own. <laughs> but Joel's like six foot, and I'm only like five seven, so it's not yeah, going to work. There's only us. like, no, wow, we've got like three of us now. We're only three men now, aren't we? Oh no, Samsa's here as well. Yeah, so, yeah. And we're different. He can, is, yeah, he's still here, isn't he? So yeah, yeah we can, we can organise. Yeah, we could do. Yeah, but some, yeah. but there are more, a lot more women than men. So we're so they were going crazy, and we were sort of excluded. We were. For example, party clothes is something huh? that's crazy to buy new. Yeah, because it's a one-off situation. Want... I don't want to wear the same party dress for different occasions. I bet mm-hmm. you can relate to that, can't you? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. women understand what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I would always borrow. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It makes absolute sense. Yeah. Cool. Well, on that upbeat note, I think we can say yeah. Basically, borrow, reuse, recycle, and rent. That's almost all ours. And wear for it? longer. Yes. And wear for longer. Wear for longer. So, yeah, well, thank you very much for joining us. It's That's been fun. a great, yeah, really in- interesting insight into that world. And congratulations, Joe, on your first co hosting. How did he do, do you think? Good. Yeah. Thank you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, yeah, and be sure to tune in for our next episode, which, or who knows, we're a bit, we're a bit like, uh, we're not as regular as we should be. But, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Moi, moi. Moi, Thank moi. you. Goodbye. Cool. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Very Finished Problems podcast. Please send any feedback to veryfinishedproblems at inktank.fi. This program is published by Inktank Media and produced by Thomas Newberry. 
InkTank Media is a digital marketing and communications agency which specializes in copywriting, storytelling, and social media. Find out more on our website, inktankmedia.fi. While this podcast isn't an advertisement, we do occasionally interview representatives of companies we have a business relationship with. Thanks again for listening.